the Kapow Radio Show Prophecy Watch. Now I'll always know what time it is. Does anybody really know what time it is? Time to pluck up that which is planted. The time to kill and the time to heal. The time to break down. The time to build up. The time to weep and the time to laugh. The time to mourn and the time to dance. Time to get. The time to lose. Time to keep silence. And time to speak. The time of war and the time of peace. Does I need a Kapow Prophecy Watch. Today is August 21st, 2017, the day of the eclipse. Yes, that means uh, as you're hearing this, it should have come and gone by now if you're in America on any of the uh, path of totality or partial totality or whatever. Should have come and gone. So if you're listening to this, the earth didn't split in two. Aliens didn't come out of Nibiru. And you're still here. However. However. However, it just depends on your intent, seriously, when looking at it. Um, I really believe that because there's a lot of people that have intent right now that uh, they're expecting a spiritual awakening of some sort. Or, I don't, it's just bizarre. I think it's a little weird. You know, uh, my, uh, my sister-in-law, Linda's sister contacted her and said, what's up with this uh, sun deal? Did she not miss Capel? She did. She thought it was creepy. And a lot of people at her work are they're climbing on the roof and they're going to do weird stuff. Yeah, she just thought it was creepy. It's like, um, man, people really into this uh, this thing. Um, I don't know. I, I really don't, uh, at this point, doing the show before that... Uh, Eclipse, I really don't expect anything physical. But I just wonder if it's going to open up uh, more spiritual darkness in the sense if uh, people have the intent to actually worship uh, that sun or to use it to uh, party to gain their deeper spirituality. You know, like going to the the Ozzy Osbourne concert where they're going to uh, howl like the moon. And, or just uh, listen to this guy sing. Yeah, sing. and then there's another little town we heard um, that's doing another rock concert, and they, they're having all these weird bands there, and they kind of advertise it like a, a little Burning Man, mm. um, which is coming up, by the way, too, here in uh, the yeah. Las Vegas desert, the Burning Man. Don't we man. have tickets? <laughs> yeah, we have tickets. We're going to go do live Kapow show from the Burning Man. Just kidding, guys. And, We're um, not doing that. Yeah. No. God. Uh, if you catch me at the Burning King. Man, you need to call the sheriffs because I'm dead. I know. <laughs> and they've buried if me in the desert. Someone's taken over your bull day. Yeah. 
So anyway, that's just uh, that's just kind of our humble opinion. You know, who knows? Who knows? Who knows, Miss Kapow? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. this is uh, another installment on Ecclesiastes. Uh, very good, Jerry. Very, very good. good. Ecclesiastes chapter 4. We're only going to do chapter 4 today because it's not that it's long, but man, it's there's some good meat in here, some meat and potatoes. Yeah. So we're going to feed you some meat and potatoes on Ecclesiastes. Now keep in mind, once again, I, I remind everybody, in case they haven't listened to the very first show, this is written by Solomon, the wisest man ever um, outside of the Lord Jesus Christ to walk the earth. Mm-hmm. So he's writing stuff. I probably should pay attention to it. Proverbs, which was written and compiled by Solomon, focuses on the morality and wisdom of mankind. This particular book, Ecclesiastes, uh, focuses on you know living under the sun, basically the practical application of what we're doing down here. And then the other book, <laughs> Song of Songs, don't get me started, Ms. Kapow, was a rabbit hole that I went deep into this last week. Oh, and how deep he went. Oh, what a <laughs> rabbit hole. It was like a bad accident. I couldn't quit looking into Song of Songs, and I discovered all kinds of things that um, hopefully I can share with you. I don't know, but as soon as I kind of get my head you know, back from spinning around, because there's no definitive answer with that book. It's it's worse than the book of Revelation as far as the magnitude of interpretations and different um, thousands of people, what they think it means in different areas of time. It's just unbelievable. So, um, you know, and I certainly don't have the right answer, but I had what I thought was a good approach to it. Uh, until I started researching it and realized, oh my gosh, you know, I wasn't the first one to see it that way, but man, it's, it's a rough one. So that's kind of like his, uh, Solomon's mystical book, right? Mm-hmm. So you have a morality book in Proverbs, you have Ecclesiastes, which is a practical book. And then you have this mystical song of songs. My goodness, unbelievable written by uh, the smartest guy ever to live. And so, like I said, I have to pay attention. That's probably why I can't grasp it or nobody else can grasp it because we can't get those those hidden nuances mm-hmm. that are in there, right? So while we're uh, living in this world, we're uh, resisting the triune evil of Satan, the Satan. You're, you're resisting the flesh and you're resisting the world, mm-hmm. correct? So you need to do these three things as a... That's the good triangle, right? That's the good pyramid. Mm-hmm. It's not the Illuminati pyramid. This is the good pyramid you have. That's It's actually an evil pyramid, but you're resisting it is good. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> okay. So the Satan on one side, you have the world on the other side, and um, the flesh you know, on, on one side. So you have this triangle. I believe we wrote about this in Demons in My Marriage Bed. Did we not? Yep. Yes, we did. A true story of spiritual warfare. I think we, we have a... a a chapter, a portion of a chapter dedicated to this uh, satanic triangle. Yes, we do. And what it what it means to you and how to deal with it. So we have all the practical stuff in that book. We just don't talk a whole lot about it anymore because that's how we started the show, talking about spiritual warfare, things like that. Uh, we still do it all the time, folks. It's not something that 
we quit doing, we wrote the book, and we know everything there is to know about spiritual warfare. We do it all the time. It's a constant state of mind. Is it not, Ms. Kapow? Oh, yeah, definitely. And um, some things we talk about and other things we don't talk about. There are some things that have occurred to us that we will never talk about. <laughs> right, Ms. Kapow? Yeah. We will never talk about it publicly to anybody else. And we will take these things to our grave. <laughs> because, yeah. I mean, no one's going to believe our report anyway on this. And it's just it, their personal stuff. Can I tell them, before I start on Ecclesiastes, can I tell them about the uh, 33s and the 11s? Of course you can. Speaking of spiritual warfare, and this has something to do with Ecclesiastes because it's under the sun, right, folks? So you remember me talking about the um, the 11, 11 phenomenon? Yeah. You know, did uh, did a show on it, you know, years ago. We were seeing 11 11s everywhere, 11 11s everywhere. And not too long ago, pretty recent... We talked about 11-11s, seen 11-11s everywhere. And I did this show, and I remember one guy typed me, and he says, hey, when I was listening to your show, I was kind of thinking, yeah, you're whacked. You know, you're kind of far out there. And then while he was listening to the show, he looked up, and then the truck in front of him had um, on, on the number of the trucks said 11-11 on it. So, you know, he was seeing it too. And um, so if you go on the Internet and try to figure out what 11-11 is, you know, it's like everybody thinks different stuff. It's the spiritual nature awakening in you and, you know, all this this stuff that feeds your ego and, you know, you're special. You know, the you know, the spirit is Yours. is calling you, right? Love, love. And we've, we've been seeing these things for years, probably since, I want to say 2010, but at least since 2012. And they subside a little bit and we see them uh, out here, coming out here, we see them all the time. Because we get in the car, and I, honestly, I, I'm not lying to you folks. We get into the car, you look down at the um, the heat gauge, the thermometer in the car, mm-hmm. and it's always 111. It's never 110 or 112. It's always 111. Yeah. It's amazing. And then as you drive, then it cools down to 110 or 109 or what the temperature is. But it's like always 111. And then uh, then you'll look down, and then the clock right next to it, and it's the clock is um, eleven eleven. It's eleven a.m. in the morning. Eleven. <laughs> there's ones everywhere. Elevens everywhere. Miss Kapow got into the habit here recently where she was taking pictures of all this stuff, and yeah. I said, "Well, that's cool because we'll compile all this and I'll put it in a little mini movie and uh, you know yeah. share share elevens with everybody." You know, wow, wow, we see elevens, and then. Um, we started seeing 33s, three threes, uh, not as much as the 11 11s, but 33s. And um, I think I posted something on Facebook where I saw, you know, uh, Miss Capel took a picture of, uh, what was it? 33 Oh, 33%, 33% something like that. Yeah. 33.3%. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Or the, the price of a bottle of water was $3.33 or something crazy. And so we were seeing these three, three, threes, and that's once again, you know, you do some internet searching on it and a lot of stuff. And there was a Christian website that said, you know, well, basically what he thinks is three, three, threes, you know, it's, you're the watchman, you know, God's called you to a prophetic watchman ministry and blah, blah, blah. And you're seeing these things and, you know, who knows seeing this stuff. So, okay. So you've seen three, three, threes and, you know, blah, blah, blah. 33%, one person, you know, notified me that, hey, 33% is a third of something. So that's why advertisers use that. Okay, that makes sense. Blah, blah, blah. And then, and then something weird happened. Would you say within the last uh, month or the last two or three weeks, Ms. Kapow, what would you say uh, the time frame to, would be? Two to three weeks, I think. 
two to three weeks, something weird started happening to me at night. Yeah. I was being woken up from a sound sleep. I mean, woke up. Like if somebody just slapped you upside, slapped you in the face. Yeah. Shook you or something. Sometimes smells. I would get a a smell, not necessarily a. And it's not me. (laughs) It's Mr. Powers. Breath. (laughs) Smells like munching cheese. But it would be smells, not necessarily bad, but not good. And I couldn't describe them, just enough to wake you up. Uh, you know, anything. But my eyes would pop open in, in, in the night. And um, I have one of those digital clocks that project on the ceiling. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I'm one of those dudes that, like, when I go up to go to the bathroom or I get up at night or something, I just I need to know what time it is. I just like to know what time it is. I guess because I know, hey, it's four o'clock in the morning. I got a couple more hours of sleep. Or I don't know. I just like to know what time it is. So it would wake me up or something would wake me up. And I'd look at the clock and it would be like 11, 11. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, what's the chances of this? Or it'd be something like 2, 11 or 3, 11. That's the 11s. And then I started seeing the 33s. And I'd be woke up and, and uh, several times I would be, Woke up, open your eyes, just bam, open your eyes, look at the ceiling where the clock is projecting, and it'd be 3.33, 3 o'clock in the morning, mm. 3.33. What's the chances? Boom. So a lot of times, you know, 2.33, blah, blah, blah. And then this weird power, uh, this the superpower uh, came over me while I slept. I don't have it while I'm conscious. But um, when I'm sleeping, I wake up, I, see, I can see combinations of numbers and immediately add them up and know if it's 33 or 11 or 311. You know what I mean? I just could do that. Now, Miss Kapow can do that consciously because she's good at math. She could do that in her waking state. Me, I'm horrible. Um, I can't, I just, I, I can't see it like that. But when I'm asleep or half asleep, there's a part of my brain that can just add like that. So anyway, some strange things. So... I started to I started to get tired because I keep I keep my sleep is disturbed mm-hmm. at night, right? My sleep is disturbed. And I know many of you are listening right now, going, "Brother Kapow, you know, God's not the author of confusion. You know, He's the author of peace. Uh, you know, if your sleep is being disturbed, <laughs> you know, what's wrong with you? But my sleep is being disturbed, and I'm starting to get frustrated because I don't know what this means to me. I don't know what elevens mean. And I don't know what 33s mean. Mm-hmm. What are you trying to tell me? But I'll be, I'll be honest with you. I did not, I did not know because nothing feels evil or demonic. You know, if Satan were to approach me that way, it wouldn't work because I'd recognize it right away. So he needs a more, he needs a different type of deception for me. And so I didn't know if this was from the Lord, if, if these were like angelic visitations you know, because there was never any kind of evil with it. There was never any context. Mm-hmm. What does this mean? And at first I thought 11-11s meant, well, it's the 11th hour. We're at the end. Um, and maybe it does, but we're still here and it hasn't been the end. So, yeah. you know, what, what's up? Uh, 33s. Okay, this one guy says, oh, you know, you're a watchman. I'm like, okay, well, I don't need to see 33s in the middle of the night to tell me that. Mm-hmm. I don't need that. All the time. All the time. Yeah, why? Well, you know. So I, I really I begin to ask God, what is this? What what is this all about? Is this from you? Is this from um, 
Is this angelic? Is this a thing of this the Holy Spirit? Is this from the Lord? Or is this of um, Satan? You know, I don't know. What does it mean? So uh, actually, it was last week. I kept getting woke up with this stuff. I mean, woke up in the middle of the night. Bam. Look at the clock. I got up and I got so irritated. And I said, I am done looking at the clock. Mm-hmm. I am done with this 11, 11, 33 nonsense. Unless it means something. What does it mean for me? It's got to make sense and be logical. Come on. So, um, but in the other sense, it's kind of like, I know this is weird, but it's like, I didn't want to offend the Lord. Like if it was from God, I didn't want to say, I rebuke you. You know, Right. Well, you didn't know. And it was from the, the Lord. source was coming from. Yeah, I, I didn't know yeah, exactly where the source. So I know this sounds bizarre, but um, we were watching some YouTube videos and there's this guy, I want to call him a preacher because he's like preaching, but he's, um, he's a Muslim. And but he's not talking about Islam. He's talking about um, what's he talking about? Lynn, all kinds of oh, you know, uh, world, world events. Basically, yeah, yeah, world events and what's going on and stuff. He's very interesting, but he's definitely he's definitely a Muslim. Um, he's he comes from the Islamic faith. Faith. And so he was talking, and he was talking about all this Illuminati stuff and these numbers, and he says right off the he says. Uh, the number 11 is a satanic number, and he and he describes why. And then he says, and it's multiples, 22, 33, 44, and up. Mm-hmm. And I go, okay, here's a Muslim guy. Here's a Muslim guy telling me these numbers I'm seeing are demonic, mm-hmm. right? And here I am, you know, struggling with this, going, what does this mean? Why am I doing So I thought, okay, I got to do something about this. Because if a Muslim guy's seen as demonic and I'm not, yeah, there's a problem, right? So I tell Ms. Kapow, okay, I'm going to get a power scripture. And next time this, this happens to me, I am going to quote my power scripture, something simple that I can remember in, you know, in the, in the dead of sleep. And I'm going to rebuke it in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And if it's of God, obviously it'll be of God mm-hmm. and I'll know. But if it's not of God, then I will have destroyed it. Seems simple enough, mm-hmm. right? So that's what I did. And the scripture that came to me was Exodus twenty two eighteen. Mm-hmm. Exodus twenty two eighteen, right. which says in part, suffer or allow no witch which means witchcraft, sorcerer, warlock. It's not a gender thing. But suffer no witch to live. (laughs) Kill them. Kill them. If someone's trying to put sorcery on you, and here's the other thing. I didn't know if this was a a person uh, trying to put witchcraft on me, waking me up, or if it was just a floating demonic spirit because all the portals are open and and we live on a haunted planet. I I wasn't really sure. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, but at that, but at that point, I really don't care where it's coming from. If it's coming from evil, it's got to be destroyed. Mm-hmm. And I pity if it's a person, because the scripture that I used is a curse. It's a godly curse. Suffer no witchcraft to live. Mm-hmm. So I destroy that witchcraft, that sorcery. 
in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I destroy it. It's and my faith says that it's destroyed. It doesn't live anymore. So if it's coming from a person, I think that 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 could that's going to be very bad. Mm-hmm. So sure enough, I'm asleep. And it comes to me last night in, in different multiple ways that it does. And let me explain that. Sometimes, like the first time it came to me was, boom, open my eyes, look at the numbers, and all the numbers add up to 1133. <laughs> the numbers add up. You know what I mean? That type of thing. So in my half-asleep stupor, I raise my hands up towards the numbers on the ceiling and I say, Exodus twenty two eighteen says, the word of God says, suffer no witchcraft to live. Therefore, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I destroy you. Amen. Get away from me. Boom. Mm-hmm. Go back to sleep. A little while, woke again. It's 211. Mm-hmm. Look at the clock, 211. So now my mind's going, well, it's 211. It's not really 1111. It's 211, maybe. And then something tells me, don't give it a break. Don't give it a chance. Don't let your, your mind not rebuke this thing because you think, well, maybe it's just coincidence. Mm-hmm. It woke you up. So same thing. Exodus 22, 18 says, not to live, blah, blah, blah. Boom. Damn. Go back to sleep. So I knew that the next big one was going to be three o'clock in the morning mm. because just the night before I was woke up like I, I think this was the smell one, if, if I'm correct. Yes. Mm-hmm. Something, I just like, the something smell up my nose. Boom, woke me up. I look at the clock. It's three, zero, zero. I mean, it's three. It's 30. It's three. It's not three, 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 but it's it's the threes. And um, so I knew the next big one was going to be 333, and I didn't know if I was going to be woke up or not, and I was going to, you know, use my scripture. But so far, so good. I'm able to use my scripture, turn back around and go to sleep. So this is very bizarre, folks. So I do that. I go back to sleep. I lay on my left side and I'm facing Miss Kapow. So I'm away from the clock. You want to take it from here? What happened? Oh, so I'm, I, I get up and I go to the restroom and I come back and I see Brother Kapow facing in my direction. And I go back, you know, I, I, I get comfortable and uh, something tells me to go look at the t- uh, the um, the ceiling for the time. And at that time, when I'm moving around, I think Brother Kapal is like awake. You know, I thought I thought I saw his eyes open. I thought he was awake. So I happen to look at the time, and it's three thirty-three. So in my mind, I'm thinking, oh, I'll just nudge him to go look. You know, look at the time. And and I don't know if it was like to nudge him to confirm to him because I thought I saw him because I thought he was awake. But something inside me said, no, don't do that. Don't, don't, don't disturb him. He doesn't need to see that. And I thought because of the conversation we had earlier that evening, I thought, yeah, you're right. Why bother him with that number? You know? And so I just turned around and went to sleep. Crazy. Because it still tried to wake me up. But using my wife. Yeah. Now, I would have woke up and said, Exodus 22.18 states, cursed. I shall not suffer witchcraft to live. I would have had to curse my own wife with that scripture. 
You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Because she was a physical manifestation of using it to wake me up to look at that number. Yeah. But God didn't allow that. No, thank God. And um, But it just goes to show you the spiritual aspect of everything. For one thing, I told uh, Brother Kapow that obviously using scripture, being in Christ, your curses do work. Your, re- your um, rebuking has power mm-hmm. in Christ Jesus using the word of God, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, and then obviously that these disturbances were not of God. Yeah, that was a big thing. And when we pray, well, before we go to bed, I always ask Brother Kapow, will you pray over us? And he always prays protection and, you know, that we're in Christ and, you know, he just protects us while we sleep. And that we have the presence of mind that if we do get attacked, that we do, um, we can rise up and do spiritual warfare. And as innocent as all this was, you know, me coming out of the bathroom, thinking he was awake, looking at the ceiling, 333. All of that, God still protected me from being cursed. Yeah. I couldn't be cursed anyway because I'm of the Lord. But, you know, well, the, think, the, the things weren't set in motion for it. Yeah. And what it would have done to me is because my mindset is I'm being woke up by spiritual entities now. Mm-hmm. By little aliens waking me up to look at the clock to torment me or prevent me from sleeping or just get me confused. Yeah, and they the were track. they were set to use me for that. Yeah, and so if that's that would have happened, mad. that would have that would have not been good. No, you know, for for both of us, for either one of us. So um, yeah, very, very subtle. So, oh man, so you just gotta be vigilant on your toes all the time. Mm-hmm. The scriptures say James five says if anybody lacks wisdom to ask. And God gives it like liberally, liberally. Mm-hmm. So just ask for wisdom. But I suffered with this thing for two or three weeks before I actually, um, you know, I mean, I, that I actually asked God, is this from you or from, because if it's from God, why, why would God keep waking me up, showing me a worthless number and not giving me anything with it? Mm-hmm. Eventually, if I think if it, I would have just kept into it and tried to research and stuff, something would have came to me, but it wouldn't have been from the Lord. Right. You know what I mean? And then, you know, we would have had to deal with it a different way. Um, I think it's interesting, too, that I'm listening to some some Islam guy. Mm-hmm. Not that he's of God or as a power, but I'm listening to some Islam guy that that says, hey, you know, these aren't right. These aren't right numbers. Um, <clears throat> so interesting. So, you know, take it for what it's worth. I think, you know, we spent a half hour telling that story well. <laughs> instead of talking about Ecclesiastes, because I think... Well, there may, you know, I think there's a lot of um, um, validity to what we just went through that might be helping somebody that's listening. That's what I think. No, somebody's listening. It's like, wow, weird stuff's going on with me, too. It may not be in your sleep. It may not be. It may be anything. Uh, Question it. Suspect everything. You have to suspect everything. Suspect everybody. And suspect everything, whether it's of the Lord, you really have to test these spirits. Test the spirits. And the other thing, too, is that this just confirms and this will encourage somebody that you do have authority over these imps, these demons. And in the name of Jesus and with the word, you know, you stand victorious. And here's the deal. You know, when I said I need a power scripture, the power scripture that came with me was 
was Exodus. That's the Holy Spirit gave me that. I didn't have to look in the Bible and go, um, uh, what's what's what numbers? I got to find the number. You know, it just came to me. It's like that's the word and why it's powerful. Why it's an anti curse and it curses the spirit and or it curses a person who's trying to put witchcraft on you. It's because it's truth. Mm-hmm. It's truth. See, <laughs> and you're fighting non truth with truth. And the thing is, it's the sword. It's the sword of the spirit. You have a sword. So I'm laying there asleep, and I have a sword in my hand. I, my head's covered with salvation, and I have the breastplate of uh, righteousness, Lord willing. But I have the shield of faith. I absolutely believe that this works. I absolutely believe that when you rebuke it in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, it, it works, and it does. I'm very confident in that, in that kind of battle. Been through it enough. Got enough scars. I know what, I know what works. Uh, but to get to that point, sometimes as experienced as you might think you are, it, it, it you still got to you know wade through some deception a lot of times. It's bizarre. Mm-hmm. Anyway, true story. So you know, no more three threes, no more eleven eleven. I'm not going to get into that. You know. So Miss Capal even talked about you know how we took pictures of all that stuff. You know, so it's worthless. Uh, it, it, yeah, I and I haven't done. T- I haven't take. I still see those numbers, but for some reason there was just like, eh, yeah. I haven't taken pictures of it in a while. Yeah, and you're going to see them. I I saw them two or three times today, just reading the news. They're all mm-hmm. in the news. Elevens and thirties and thirty threes are all in the news because I think that's the way they communicate with each other. When they tell you an event is not a, a natural event, that it was it's satanic. Those numbers are in there. So I'm not really talking about that. I'm not talking about discerning you know, logos and numbers. And I'm talking about being woke up in the middle of the night and being confused. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. You know, I'm talking about a torment, Mm -hmm. right? Because Satan knows if he comes to me, uh, in the guise of an angel of light or a little green alien or something like that, and it's not going to work, you know, but this other stuff, um, might let's give it a try that type of thing. All right. Ecclesiastes. All right. But uh, let's take a short commercial break and then we'll get right into it. Hello, this is Professor Lamsrap from the Institute of Prophetic Studies in Southern California. Are you tired of going to church yet getting nothing from it? Do you feel good on Sunday but defeated by Monday? Does your church fail to equip you with the necessary tools to live out your Christianity? And does your church leave you powerless? Have you ever wondered why? Well, you are not alone. I strongly suggest you read Eyes to See Unseen Enemies by Paul and Linda Villanueva. This book examines and explains the problems with so many of today's churches and ministries. You will learn about the false spirits invading churches and the occult practices that have crept into the house of God. More importantly, you will get the tools needed to protect yourself and the ones you love. Eyes to See Unseen Enemies is available at all online digital book retailers such as Amazon, iBooks, and Barnes & Noble. Go to fifthhookmedia.com, F-I-F-T-H-O-O-K-M-E-D-I-A.com for further information. This is Professor Lamsrath, and I am making Eyes to See Unseen Enemies required reading in all of my courses. So I'll see you in class. Yeah, and really that's what that book is all about. Eyes to See Unseen Enemies? It's all about that deception, man. Mm-hmm. When you read that story of the stuff that uh, we went through on that book, uh, it, dealing with churches, it's it's quite amazing. It's quite amazing. We look back now and just go, oh, thank 
God he saved us from that. Amen. Woo, you talk about getting a Kundalini spirit right between your eyes. I mean, we were like within inches of that. <laughs> getting that nasty. impartation within inches. Mm-hmm. Oh, very frightening. Okay, so shall we start, Ms. Kapow, with uh, chapter 4, verse 1. Okay, I'm going to play it, because Quoleth is back in the studio. Amen. Ecclesiastes 4. So I returned, and considered all the oppressions that are done under the sun, and behold the tears of such as were oppressed, and they had no comforter. And on the side of their oppressors there was power, but they had no comforter. Okay. Uh, interesting. So Coleth returns. He considers all the oppressions. How many of you feel oppressed out there? Mm-hmm. You you feel like your government's oppressing you? Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe your boss, maybe your work. But uh, those in charge here in America, do you think that the uh, the Federal Reserve is oppressing you? How about sure. the IRS? Mm-hmm. How about the IRS? Do you feel oppressed by that? Yeah. Paid taxes. Well, even James says, do not the rich men oppress and, and, and draw you uh, before the judgment seats? Mm-hmm. You know, even Jesus said that, too. Yeah, they sue you. Uh, you have to have Obamacare here in America. You have to have Obamacare. And it's going to cost. When I, the last time, when I quit Obamacare, our premiums were raised to 1300 a month when I quit. Wow. 1300 a month. And it's even gone up since then. And if you don't have it, guess what? You get fined on your taxes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Some of them say, well, don't, uh, you know, just, it's on your taxes. They're going to get you. They're going to get you. Mm-hmm. I got out of Obamacare. If anybody's interested in that, email me, paul at com, and I'll talk to you about um, Share Ministries. Mm-hmm. And um, there's a good way to get out of Obamacare and, and help other Christians, and it's a lot, lot better. Anyway. Yeah. Amen. So those who feel oppressed by these rich and wealthy uh, idiots, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, he says, you know, behold, you know, the tears of the depressed. I mean, there's people crying. I mean, they can't pay their bills. They can't. It's horrible. And they have no comforter. No comforter. Now, remember, we're talking about Coleth. He's looking at life under the sun. This is without God. This is about Jesus Christ. This is what everybody else is doing. Yeah. This is life without God. This is horrible. (laughs) This is horrible. Yeah. So they're oppressed. They have tears and there's no comforter on the side. Now, their oppressors, here's what's interesting, is their oppressors, it says there was power, Mm. but the people had no comforter. And uh, this word power, Ms. Capel, Mm-hmm. Is koach. Koach. And it means to be firm, vigor, uh, force in a good or bad sense, capacity, right? Mm-hmm. So far, so good. But you know what else it means? Mm. A large lizard. Wow. Ability, able, chameleon, force. A lizard, a large lizard. Dude, what I'm trying to get at is reptilian. Exactly. Reptilian. And on the side of their oppressors, there was reptilian power. Mm-hmm. The other word, too, there is chameleon. Yes. Just like uh, they were saying how 
Satan is like the angel of light and his ministers also, they transform or they, they, um, what's the word that, that, uh, the Greeks use where they, um, kind of like, uh, oh, what is the word that I'm thinking of? Hmm. I can't think of it. Well, I know they shape shift. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but there's a certain word and I can't think of it. Okay. Well, they shape shift. This was like a chameleon. Mm-hmm. Very deceptive. You think you're looking at one thing, but they're really another. Absolutely. I just think it's interesting that that word for power for the oppressors has lizard in there. Mm-hmm. Reptile. Mm. Chameleon. So uh, anyway. So, okay. So let me, let me go from there to verse two. All right. Oh, okay. Or anything else you want to oh, no, no, no. jump mm-hmm. on there? Mm-mm. Okay, because um, verse 2 is pretty meaty. Wherefore I praised the dead which are already dead more than the living which are yet alive. Yea, better is he than both they which hath not yet been, who hath not seen the evil work that is done under the sun. Pretty heavy, huh? Mm-hmm. Pretty heavy. Wherefore I praised the dead which already dead. Wow. Okay. So I think it's better to be dead than alive in this God forsaken place. Yeah. And I'm sure a lot of people without God feel that way. Mm-hmm. Well, Why? Job felt that way. Mm-hmm. Remember he said that he wished that the day that he was born wasn't that never came. Yeah. Now was that's Job three twelve. Mm-hmm. Why did the knees prevent me or why the breasts that I should suck? And also uh 21, seven. Wherefore do the wicked live, become old, yea, are mighty in power. Mm-hmm. Ecclesiastes 7 one says, A good name is better than precious ointment, and the day of death than the day of one's birth. Yeah. And then Job said, Let the day perish wherein I was born, and the night in which it was said, There is a child, man-child conceived. Mm. So you get to a point, there are people who get to a point, and it's just... It's just better to be dead. Yeah. Well, I felt that way as a teenager. Yeah. You know, I just, ugh, life was just too, too harsh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a horrible way, a horrible way to live. And this is what Quolus is saying is like mm-hmm. you live under the sun and uh, it's more profitable to be dead or even better yet, never to have been born. So you don't see all the evil yeah. going on, mm-hmm. you know? About Psalm 73, 3 says, uh, for I was envious at the foolish when mm-hmm. I saw the prosperity of the wicked. Oh, yeah. And some of the prophets, how do they feel when they see all these um, wealthy people and all these wicked people prospering? Yeah. It's tough. It is. It is tough because, you know, you, you, you hear the news, you're reading it, and you're going, why are these people... Still around. Mm-hmm. Jeremiah 13, 1, or I'm sorry, Jeremiah 12, 1 says, Righteous art thou, O Lord. See, Jeremiah is like kissing up to the Lord. Man, you're righteous. And he says, when I plead with thee, you're righteous when I plead with thee. And then he says, yet let me talk. Let me tell you something. Let me talk with you a little bit <laughs> of about your judgments. Really, I'm I'm serious. Read Jeremiah twelve one. He's mm-hmm. he's he's walking that fine line. He, oh Lord, you're righteous when I plead with you. You're really cool, but uh, give me a just give me a moment here. Let me talk to you about your judgments. And Jeremiah says, 
Wherefore doth the way of the wicked prosper? Mm-hmm. Wherefore are they all uh, happy that deal very treacherously? Yep. Why? Why are they happy? Why do they got money? Why are they prospering? They, I, I don't see your judgments here. Mm-hmm. Hey, this is Jeremiah saying this. Habakkuk in one thirteen says something very similar. He says, "Thou art a pure, thou art of purer eyes than to behold evil, and canst not look on iniquity. Wherefore lookest thou upon them that deal treacherously, and holdest thy tongue when the wicked devoureth the man that is more righteous than he?" Right. I mean, he's like, hey, your eyes can't look at wicked. You can't stand to look at iniquity. And yet, you you don't even say anything when these guys are just devouring us. Mm -hmm. So if you feel that way, it's nothing new. (laughs) I feel that way sometimes when I read the paper. Yeah. Uh, and then it says, you know, all past, all these these prophets, these people, you know, they they went to the same perplexity we are Mm -hmm. until... While they go into the sanctuary yep. and they look beyond the present to the judgment. And that that's a real thing of wisdom to try to, to do that. I, I, w- I wish I could say I was there. But I mean, to be honest with you, you know, I'm not in the sanctuary looking. Past. It's really hard for me sometimes. Mm-hmm. I'm like, gosh, really? Yeah, I just read this stuff and I go, really? How how deep is it going to go? But the, these these better men than me. You know, these prophets of old, you know, they go into the sanctuary. Psalm 73, 17 says, until I went into the sanctuary of God, then understood I their end. Mm-hmm. See, he understood once he went to the sanctuary, you know. So maybe I need to go in the sanctuary, Miss Kapow. Do you know where it's at? It's in your heart. Okay. I don't have to wait for the third temple? No. All right. Habakkuk 2.20 says, but the Lord is in his holy temple. Let all the earth keep silence before him. And in 3.17, he says, Although the fig tree shall not blossom, neither shall fruit be in the vines, the labor of the olive shall fail, and the fields shall yield no meat, the flock shall be cut off from the fold, and there shall be no herd in the stalls. Mm. And verse 18 says, Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. Uh, how do you get to that point? You know? Yeah. But uh, you know, the sacrifice of praise is... Um, a, a weapon, a spiritual weapon as well, yeah. because then you start looking at God and you, you, you thank him for what is going to happen. The truth that he is coming back with his angels and he is going to smite the evil and their, their, their time is coming where they won't be smiling and laughing anymore. Yeah. You know what I mean? But that is, is a, is a spiritual tool that he's given us. Not very many people use it, though. No, that's a really good point, too. You know, praise and thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's scriptural, you know. I will enter his courts with thanksgiving in my... Right? Yeah, but it's not so much that, you know. It's like when uh, when I was sick, mm-hmm. and I really believed that God was going to heal me. Yeah. But the evidence wasn't there. But instead of complaining and stuff, and not, I'm not saying that this is because I'm so spiritual. Believe me, no. this is the work of the Holy Spirit, his power in you as you submit to him. And you can praise him during the times of darkness. And I'm sure everybody 
that's in Christ knows that, mm-hmm. you know, there was that feeling when you're just, when things are against you, um, in any kind of fashion, when the word of God isn't, um, you know, you're not experiencing the blessings of God at that moment and you're just like perplexed when the Holy spirit comes on you, when you humble yourself before God and that power to give him praise, regardless of what's happening in your life, that's power people. And that's power from the Holy spirit. So that's the power I'm talking about. Yeah, that's not something you can that's just That's the praise up. I'm talking about. Yeah. yeah, it's not happy, clappy kind of stuff like, oh, I'm going to deny this is happening. No, it's this inner power, this life that God has given you that no one else has but those that are in Christ Jesus. And you know that you know. Exactly. You have that faith, that shield of faith. Mm-hmm. And, and we do know biblically, too, that... Um, it, the, the the wicked the, the oppressors and stuff they are going to see wrath someday some judgment mm-hmm. you know e- even if uh, they don't see it the solar uh, solar eclipse some boy some point they are mm-hmm. psalm 92 7 through 12 says when the wicked spring as the grass and when all the workers of iniquity do flourish it is that they shall be destroyed forever ouch yeah my goodness that's forever yeah it's not like well you know <laughs> Eventually, they will just not exist. Yeah. Wow. They won't suffer anymore. No. They're going to be like that forever. That's... That's why we say, let them have their kingdom now. Let them have their their fun now under the sun. Mm -hmm. Because if they don't repent, it's going to be awful for them. Yeah. All right. Let's move on and... uh... Get another couple of verses here. Okay. Again, I considered all travail and every right work that for this a man is envied of his neighbor. This is also vanity and vexation of spirit. The fool foldeth his hands together and eateth his own flesh. Better is an handful with quietness than both the hands full with travail and vexation of spirit. Then I returned, and I saw vanity under the sun. So what do you think about that, Mr. Kapow? Pretty heavy, pretty heavy. Pretty heavy. And, um, man, there's so much here. Uh, You know, he's seen all the work, all the right work that someone's trying to do, and then there's somebody else that's jealous of that or envious of that. They want it. Mm -hmm. They want that greed, right? Yeah. They're greedy. It's like the IRS. It's like the tax man. The more money you make, the more they take. Everything. Mm-hmm. It's oppression. And so Kolev sees this as vanity and vexation of spirit. I like verse 5. The fool foldeth his hands together and eateth his own flesh. Mm-hmm. What? Yeah. Well, in Deuteronomy 28, it says, And thou shalt eat the fruit of thine own body, the flesh of thy sons and of thy daughters, which the Lord thy God hath given thee mm-hmm. in the siege and in the straightness, wherein thine enemies shall distress thee. That was wow. part of the curse. Yeah. Apparently, it's like, it's like self-torment. Mm-hmm. You know? You're just never satisfied. You're just, your spirit's always praying on itself. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, Isaiah 9.20 says, and he shall snatch on the right hand and be hungry. And he shall eat on the left hand, and they shall not be satisfied. They shall eat every man the flesh of his own arm. 
Yeah. Wow. It's like gnawing on yourself. Yeah. I had a dog that did that. Really? <laughs> well, I think it had the chiggers or something. Yeah. It was just gnawing. <laughs> but I mean, it was gnaw, just gnaw. gnawing on its paw. It's yeah. Crazy. Well, um, Isaiah forty nine twenty six. Um, see, and I will feed them that oppress thee with their own flesh. The oppressors, mm. right? This is a promise. And they shall be drunken with their own blood as with sweet wine. And all flesh shall know that I am the Lord, am the Savior, thy Savior, and thy Redeemer, the Mighty One of Jacob. Ah, that's nice. You know? Mm-hmm. That's nice. Uh, let's see. So then um, then he goes on. He says, it's better uh, to have a handful of quietness. You know, don't have a lot, but just be content in your spirit. Then I have both hands full of stuff and just it'd be with travail and vexation of spirit. Yeah. And I think that's what that's the, the Apostle Paul was trying to teach about being, uh, you know, content with whatever you have or whether you have a lot or not enough. Yeah. But that you always have enough yes. because you know that God always provides and he gives you exactly what you need. You know, and that's that's a gift in itself. Contentment mm-hmm. It's a real gift of the spirit to have that. Especially and the other thing, too, in Proverbs where it says, it's better to have a dry morsel and quietness therewith than a house full of sacrifices and strife. Mm-hmm. And I can, you know, I can understand that. I mean, oh, there's nothing worse than living with a lot of fighting and bickering and mm-hmm. ugh, it's yeah. awful. Miserable. Mm-hmm. All right, we'll move on. There is one alone. And there is not a second, yea, he hath neither child nor brother, yet is there no end of all his labor. Neither is his eye satisfied with riches, neither saith he, For whom do I labor, and bereave my soul of good? This is also vanity, yea, it is a sore travail. Two are better than one, because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, the one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him that is alone when he falleth, for he hath not another to help him up. Again, if two lie together, then they have heat. But how can one be warm alone? And if one prevail against him, two shall withstand him, and a threefold cord is not quickly broken. So if you're going to live under the sun, instead of being a lonely miser, right? Kola mm-hmm. says it's better not to be alone. Yeah. And it even reminds me of Genesis, you know, when Adam was by himself, even the Lord said, um, it is not good that man should be alone. And so I will make him a helpmate. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, like Kola says, there's no end to all your labor and your eyes not satisfied, but who are you going to leave it to? Mm-hmm. You know, it's just no good. It's vanity. It's emptiness. And uh, two are better than one, you know, and then a three chord, uh, Three chords are harder to break than, than two. Exactly. And that's true. You know, so that's some pretty good advice there, that if one prevail against one of them, there's, there's two more, or at least another one. Um, and, you know, just, you know, you hear the story of that uh, miserly, uh, you know, miserly person who, who just saves their money and saves their money. You know, they die, and then you, you find, uh, you know, a million dollars stuffed in their mattress. You yeah, know? and you're thinking, man, he could have, you know, lived so much better. Yeah. But he was afraid to uh, spend it. Afraid to lose it. Yeah, afraid to spend it. So we'll continue. Better is a poor and a wise child 
than an old and foolish king, who will no more be admonished. For out of prison he cometh to reign, whereas also he that is born in his kingdom becometh poor. I considered all the living which walk under the sun, with the second child that shall stand up in his stead. There is no end of all the people, even of all that have been before them. They also that come after shall not rejoice in him. Surely this also is vanity and vexation of spirit. You know, in a real sense, this uh, happened to Solomon with mm -hmm. his son uh, Jeroboam and with Rehoboam and stuff. Um, it, it, it's kind of prophetic, really, mm -hmm. in what really happened to him as far as, you know, the child and stuff like that. Uh, better is a poor and wise child than an old and foolish king who will no longer be admonished. Mm. Man, you know, if you can't take, especially admonishment from God, yeah, you're out of it. Proverbs thirteen eighteen says, "Poverty and shame shall be to him that refuses instruction, but he that regardeth reproof shall be honored." Mm, nice, nice. In verse fourteen, he says, "For out of prison." And I thought that was kind of an interesting word, but it's like uh, the root word is to yoke or hitch, to mm -hmm. fasten, to join, to bind. So it's kind of like, um, you know, to hold, to harness somebody. So it's kind of like out of a prison, like, to, you know, a king is coming out of, uh, he's harnessed, right? Mm -hmm. And he comes to reign. He comes into power, but he's all bound up. And then it says, whereas also he that is born in his kingdom, he also becomes poor. Mm. You know what I mean? So yeah. if you think about the economy and you think about, uh, especially, you know, young people today, you know, trying to, you know, chase that elusive quote unquote American dream or, you know, it's, you're, you're born into the uh, slavery. You're born into a prison planet. We all have been, and we all have been since the beginning. Mm -hmm. It's just an illusion that you have freedom or an illusion that you have choice. Um, for yeah. out of prison, he cometh the reign and even everybody born in that kingdom is also, uh, in prison, and they become mm -hmm. poor, right? Yeah, because even the uh, fad, um, Sadducees were arguing with Jesus, like, "How do you? Why are you saying that we are we're in bondage? We're not in bondage. We're free." Yeah, you know, they couldn't understand what the Lord was talking about. Yeah, I, I never did quite get that scripture. They said we've never been slaves to anybody, and I'm thinking, really? Mm -hmm. Huh? Okay, you know, your story, whatever you want to say. Um. And then verse 15, Corliff says, I considered all the living which walk under the sun with the second child that'll stand up in his stead. Okay, so he's a king, and he's the, you know, here's another uh, another uh, king coming up after me. But even in, you know, our lives, you have children that come up, and then they take over. And in verse 16, he says, there's no end. No, it of just all keeps the going. Yeah, there's no end of all the people. All that have been before us and them in the past, there's just, it's just no end. And then also everybody that's going to come after. Mm -hmm. And guess what? She'll not rejoice in mm -hmm. him. No one's going to remember who you are or who they are or care. Isn't that the truth? Yeah. And he says, all of that, surely this is vanity and vexation of spirit. <laughs> so that ends chapter four. And remember, we're still in life under the sun. Like it or not, this guy's telling it like it is. Yeah. Um, to think that it's any other way is a delusion because mm -hmm. you, we are in a prison planet. We are in a prison and nothing matters. Nothing is real. Mm 
Nothing <laughs> is real. Nothing. It's not just fake news. It's fake everything. It, it, nothing is real. Yeah, we're we're beginning to find that out for sure. Exactly how much everything, what everything really means. Yeah. When we say everything, we mean everything. Everything. Yeah. I mean, we can go on and on. We can just talk about food for the next five hours if you want. Mm-hmm. Your food's not real. You know, if you're struggling with your weight and your health, your food's not real. And if you think you go out and just, oh, I'll get organic food and blah, 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 you, you, that's a fantasy. It's not real. Mm-mm. You got organic seed? Where'd you get that from? Yeah. All your seeds GMO'd. It's, it, there's nothing real. No. And then we were also talking about um, truth. Yeah. Truth is absolute. You, you can't change truth. Truth is truth. But a lie, you can make all kinds of different stories. There's so much Plato in a lie, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And, but with truth, Jesus Christ is truth. He's the only truth. And you take him out of the equation, you have nothing but mush. You just have nothing but lies. And since this world, the prince of darkness, has authority in this realm then there is no truth. So the only, we're in darkness in this realm. And for God to come in the flesh, he was the true light, the truth. He, that, that was the very truth that we have. He's the very light that we have um, against this um, matrix. And there's, there's not a dim area or a gray area. It's either truth or it's not truth mm-hmm. it, it, it's just like Ms. Kapow just articulated so well it's without Jesus Christ who says I am the truth the life and the way without that without the knowledge of God through Jesus Christ everything else is a lie it's not like everything else is like okay or maybe but it's a lie mm-hmm and I, I'm amazed at uh, when you go on YouTube, how many channels have the word truth in it? Yeah. Truth this, the absolute truth, the truther, the truth blog. I'm almost to the point if someone has to use the word truth in their blog, suspicious. it's suspicious that they're not telling the truth. Mm-hmm. Because you need if you need to tell me so bad that you're telling the truth, eh, probably not. Mm-hmm. Probably not so much. But I mean, there's the value that we have in Christ. Because he is the truth. So without him, there is no truth. Mm -mm. And there is no light. Just darkness. Just darkness. And it was out of God's love for his creation that that he came in the flesh, you know, to provide a way of escape for us and for those that believe in him. Yeah. It was a great sacrifice that God gave us, that he made for us. So we wouldn't have to live under the sun like Coalith was seeing mm-hmm. talking about so we wouldn't have to live in just complete vanity and emptiness and go why did i even exist this is nonsense yeah and there's only one way out of that nonsense amen right that's through him the christ yes okay well that's it for me Mr. all right team okay give them a chow 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 babies <laughs>